Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right, John. This week, we are talking about E3 still. That's right. We, uh, there's an article out by IGN, came out this week. By the IGN staff, which is a byline. I don't. I, I'm surprised that they just have like the generic IGN staff byline. It's uh, called the most disappointing moments of E3 2019. I assume it's probably because they had multiple contributors and that sort of thing. So, so I want to comment on it. I, so I dig it. We can we can go through it and comment on it. I dig it. Man. Um, I uh, I wish we had you know something to review for you or a uh, larger cultural discussion piece. Um, prepared. See, but, right uh, now we are sandwiched between two yeah. big reviews. We had the uh, the Toy Story 4 review last week, and yeah. then on Tuesday, uh, we're going to be watching and reviewing um, Spider-Man Homecoming. So be, be aware, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday morning, that review will be dropping for uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home. Yeah, I said so next Homecoming, week, but Far From Home is the, this one. <laughs> next week, you'll get the podcast a couple days early. Correct. So um, this one won't live for that long anyway. That's right. So let's just uh, let's burn one. Yeah, let's just live it up, man. This is episode three, two, one. Yeah, that's right. Lift off. That's right. I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. We need to title it "Lift Off." That's yes. what we need to do because it'll I, just yep. be it'll that, be yeah three two one lift, lift off. off. Yes, that's good. That's good. Um, Chris. Yeah. What have you been up to this here week? Oh my goodness, dude. Uh, I'm like, you should. Get, well, no. I can go first. Yeah, you go first. Okay. I have been playing more Red Dead Redemption, and I've hit the first moment Ah. in this game. Chris, you know, Red Dead Redemption 1, not only one of like the top game experiences of my life, but also the soundtrack is still on on repeat. Like whenever it's like, oh, I want to put on something that's like would get me in that like adventure mood. Like I'm out trail running and it's like I want to listen to something. The dusty mood. Yeah, pop that in. Yeah, I want to feel like I'm out, you know, on the range. Me versus nature, whatever you know. Um, but I put on that soundtrack. But the, the Red Dead Redemption Two soundtrack, while good, it had aside from this week now, it has yet to like super impress me. Where it's like, oh man, this this one moment is perfect for this game or whatever. Like it just feels like it's kind of in the background, or it's it doesn't take the focus off of what's going on yeah. um, in any substantial way for me to like stick out and go, that music yeah. is great, yeah. which is, it's fine. Like that's a fine way to, uh, to compose for video games because like it doesn't get in the way at that point. Right. But coming from Red Dead Redemption one, where literally like the first time I went up against a gang hideout, right. And, uh, and the music plays, Oh my goodness. I was just, floored i was like i can't i uh, okay i guess i have to play this game and so you hit the dead eye and the music is going and it's ramping up and everything this game has yet had been yet to do that aside from now there was one mission that that happened in where i i literally like we were walking up to this house and i was like this music i like stopped for a second nice. and just like soaked it in and i was like this right here is what red dead redemption music is is to me is it specific to that moment or did it just like randomly happen it's specific to that moment nice so in that mission like it it just works it it. just all of a sudden just hit me and i was like chills i'm like this is this is that 
that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's happened a couple times since then. So now that I'm in, like into the game, fifty percent now um, with the campaign, and uh, that's whenever the music has finally like become what I wanted it to be, kind of yeah. from the get go. Yeah. Um, so it is just the music as well as everything else in the game, a little bit of a slow burn. That's awesome. But it was fantastic. Cool. I uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm still uh, working my way through uh, through Spider Man. Dig it. Um, and uh, this week was actually. Um, I wish I'd known this. I would have talk, talked about it on the podcast last week, but um, this was the 25th anniversary or something like that of Sonic. Anyway, so there's a bunch nice. of Sonic games on sale. So I awesome. splurged and bought a bunch of Sonic games. Which ones did you buy? Um, apparently, I didn't. Uh, these are on these are on backwards compatibility mm-hmm. um, on Xbox One, but they were the 360 versions of Sonic the Hedgehog cool. and Sonic the Hedgehog Two. I apparently didn't own. Cool. Um, so they were two fifty a piece. Nice. Obviously bought those. Of course. And then um, the uh, Sonic Forces. I bought the. I own it for Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've kind of do- like gotten into it. I just. I will be more apt to play it on the console. Yeah. I'm just going to play through it on console. I will say, like, the graphics comparisons, like, that's what's always held me back from buying it on Switch because it's been on sale on Switch, like, before. Yeah. And, like, I've, I, I'm always in the eShop, like, looking for, for the sales, for the deals. Yeah. Um, so I've eyeballed it. But the thing that always holds me back is I think the frame rate is is uh, 30 rather than 60 in the fast sections on Switch. Mm-hmm. So on your, on your big console, it's going to be 60 frames per second, which is what I'm kind of used to from like the sonic generations and even like the uh, sonic adventure 2 uh back in the day um and it was also like oh just some of the some of the graphics didn't look quite as quite as fleshed out which it won't make that big of a difference on a small screen but the frame rate that's the one that always hangs me up if i if it's a reduced frame rate on the switch i'm always like "Mm, i'd rather you just reduce the graphics a little bit more what's crazy is sonic mania on switch ran better than sonic mania on xbox one yeah but Sonic Forces on Switch runs worse than Sonic Forces on Xbox One. It's funny, like, the fact that Sonic Mania and Sonic Forces were both in development at the same time. And, like, came out within the same year. The same year. Like, literally, I think they actually delayed Sonic Forces into, like, early the next year or whatever. But it was within, within, like, six months, period. Because Mania was in the spring, and I thought it came out, Forces came out closer to Christmas. They might have, I know that they delayed Forces after Mania came out. Yeah, yeah. And it was received super well, and they were they, then like they announced a delay. We're like, oh yeah, because I remember reading that where it's like Sonic Mania is doing really well. You should buy that. Also, we're gonna delay this. Maybe they did. I don't remember. Maybe um, they did delay it, and it was like spring release, spring release. But I can. We could easily fight, figure this out, John. <laughs> it's funny how surprised it seemed like Sega was about how well Sonic Mania sold, and about how popular it was. Um, seemed like they were, it's just was every single press release after that was always just like, it seemed like they were just caught off guard by the fact that that game was so popular. Yeah. Um, November, 2017. So it was spring and fall, spring, fall. So they, they basically like, you know, you have this 3d Sonic that you're going to come out and it's the least less popular of these two games. Um, and so I don't know, it's just a fascinating Fascinating thing to look at with Sega and hiring like the uh, the the developer of Sonic Mania and I don't know it's interesting man. I love Sonic Mania. It wasn't even that far apart. This says this wasn't even spring. They both came out in fall of 2017, but one was in August, one was in November. Ah, dude, that's wild. I know that's crazy, dude. 
it's so so interesting separated by more than that no and it's like that's a weird plan what is that three months yeah it's a weird plan and i think like even in like some of their their uh their fiscal calls they were talking about how like oh you know sonic force is underperformed but sonic mania overperformed like far better than our expectations and that's the thing like you know we at some point win and maybe this you know we we should do a little more like digging into when Mm. when when things happened and all that kind of stuff but I think it's interesting how Sega has, whenever they've doubled down on making new Sonic games, mm-hmm. it's almost like they don't think that Sonic is popular for the reasons that he's popular or that the games were fun because of why they were fun. You know, it's things like Sonic Unleashed where he he literally, it's a brawler. You just walk around as this werehog yeah. and you're like hitting people. That is not why you play a Sonic game. Yeah. Same thing with like Sonic Forces. It's all it's great that, that you have your, to me, the, the thing that slows it down and bogs it down is the, the uh, um, your own customizable character. I don't yeah. really care about that. Mm-hmm. I care about Sonic. Yeah. And, I, and it's almost like they took, they tried to take the, the good things about Generations where you're, you have retro Sonic and modern Sonic, but then like turn it on its head mm-hmm. uh, and bog it down with this weird story. Yeah, and I'm like that's none of those things are we we play Sonic games for the things that made Sonic Mania popular. Yeah, it's a very basic storyline, but the gameplay is fast and fun. The speed and like the the multiple paths, but the fact that like those multiple paths aren't hard to get to, and you're, like you don't have a failed state, like yeah. when, if you don't do the path that you're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and even like if I look at uh, Sonic Adventure, like the best uh, levels in Sonic Adventure Two were the ones that were super fast, mm-hmm. and you had like three choices of like path that you could. Oh, there's yeah. the high grinding rail path, and it's like if you fall from that one, you can land on this other. So it's like. You have some element of like, oh, I, I have replayability and can get better and better and faster and faster at these different paths. But also you have this element of like just raw sheer speed. Yeah. I also, John, um, <laughs> I, I bought a game that I'd never heard of before called Sonic Fighters. And it is, it's a fighting game. What? And it's... It, like it a looks 2D fighting a game? A 2D or fighting like... game. And it looks honestly like it's like... Worse than Nintendo 64 graphics. It's, it's there's poly, polygonal <laughs> shapes, like they're very pointy. They're not right. You should look it up, dude. Okay. Like, see if you can find a Sonic Fighters. <laughs> Sonic Fighters. And apparently, it was on 360, but I don't know. It's got to be a like port from some other like crazy system to 360. Oh it looks, my goodness! It looks awful. It looks like uh yeah, it looks. I havenven't played it yet it was it was it was another it was two two dollars fifty cents as well I'm gonna hit the Wikipedia and we're gonna yeah. find out what this is like yes we Sonic, can play it Sonic the fighters also <laughs> the known, fighters yeah also also know Sonic the fighters what kind of also you know Sonic championship on our car on arcade versions outside Japan ah, is so a it's fighting an arcade game first developed uh by Sega first released in 1996 in arcades mm. yeah you're right um, on Sega's Model 2 arcade system or Model 2 arcade system. I don't know. No idea what that w- would compare to um, from a graphical perspective. No idea. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. Dude, it doesn't look awful. It looks, it looks pretty bad. It looks terrible. But I bought it because I was like, I can't not play this So now. here we go. The smoothness of the character animations convinced <laughs> Sonic Team to approve the project and supervise over it. <laughs> so <laughs> this is obviously like 
back in 1996. Bro. So it's like this was smooth for 1996. I guess, man. <laughs> what? So the releases were it's in the arcade in 1996 on GameCube in 2005. Who's buying this in 2005? And it, and it looks bad for GameCube yeah, too. It does. PlayStation 2 for 2005, PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 for yeah. 2012. And that's the port that that, yeah, okay. that I bought. That's so interesting. Oh, it looks awful. While I do appreciate though, Chris. <laughs> There are so many arcade games, just games that were like, oh, we designed this for the arcade. They're just lost to time. Yeah. Because totally. like they've taken those those uh, arcade cabinets and turned them into some other game or put in some other pop popular game, like literally like taking the uh, the the like the side wrap, yeah. the the stickers that are the wrap around and like put something over it. Yeah. So like some arcade cabinets, you can like peel away the top wrap and like there's a wrap underneath. It's like, yeah. oh, this used to be a Donkey Kong well, cabinet and, or whatever. There's just no other way to play them now though. Yeah. They you know, don't exist. No. So I do appreciate that that's available on modern consoles totally that an arcade it's, game from 1996 i was honestly like uh, honestly i was surprised it was in the sale because not every sonic <laughs> game was on sale and i was like <laughs> of all the games to put on sale why this one we need to justify this one put this one on the yeah. list <laughs> i just don't, i don't know i don't know and i'd never i it was baffled because i'd never <laughs> seen it before never heard of it in my entire life and it looks so bad sonic the fighters uh, it's like it's one of those things it's like a it's like a slow motion car wreck you just like have to watch <laughs> it does look like it would not be very fast no oh my goodness like the, so but it's oh, smooth but it's real smooth and sonic the, the team. Smooth, smooth into some of those character animations sonic team loved it yeah uh, yeah oh, so good, uh, man. yeah uh what oh so also this weekend, does you I also have, love do they you, have, you have to have put more? the the because they have Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Fighters. Like I don't know why is the the but, even there. But what? That, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't. It really There's doesn't. no reason for that. <sighs> um, my last thing I've been up to this week, John. Yeah, is over the weekend. I know. It looks it looks terrible. John's just. In, I knew it. I knew it. These screenshots are that's so, that's so why I ridiculous. You look it up. Everybody should look this up. Um, oh, it's so funny. So uh, over the weekend, the Angels, uh, Los Angeles Angels, came back and in, came into uh, St. Louis and played the St. Louis Cardinals, which was the first time. If anyone who follows baseball uh, knows, uh, that was the first time that our Pujols, uh, who played for the Cardinals for eleven years and yeah. won two two World Series with us, and yeah. was uh, naturally, given me three three times. As first time he he came back to St. Louis after he went to the Angels, in a dramatic fashion back in two thousand after the two thousand eleven season between two thousand eleven and two thousand twelve season, um, and it was awesome. Um, all three games he, uh, uh, you know, whenever he left, it was kind of controversial because you know everyone wanted him to be a lifetime Cardinal, mm-hmm. and uh, and he, um, for whatever reasons, you know, went to. Angels, I think there was there was reasons on both sides, um, but uh, it, and there was probably there was definitely like hurt feelings, you know, mm-hmm. on on uh, both sides, especially on parts of the fans at the time, um, and so it wasn't necessarily like even a uh, it was always assumed that he would be well received, but it wasn't you know a foregone conclusion. But it was awesome to see uh, and come back into St. Louis and the the fan base um, give him a standing ovation every single time he came up to plate, man. And um, and it was funny. Like in, uh, they played three games against him. In the first game, there was one time he got walked. He was walked, and you know, Cardinal fans are booing their own pitcher for for not pitching <laughs> Albert Pujols. Awesome. And then the um, on uh, Saturday, I guess it was, he uh, came up to bat and um, hit a home run. 
into the uh, the far left field. It was almost just like a line drive home run. And the entire stadium, it's the opposing team, just like scored on us. And the entire stadium gives him a standing ovation. He goes down to the dugout, give him like they're still clapping. They want a curtain call, so they give him a curtain call. And he comes up, you know, and gives him, you know, a wave of his hat. And everyone goes crazy. And it's like, this is what sportsmanship and just uh, uh, being uh, a fan of a player, not a team, Mm -hmm. and a sport and celebrating the game is all about. And I'm like, man, this just makes me like, Number one, like super proud to be, you know, obviously a Cardinal fan, but just in general, just like this is cool. Yeah. Like the fact that a player who is, um, who at times was, uh, people felt like he abandoned them or whatever, like mm-hmm. for him to come back and be like, you got, you gave us like some great memories and that's what we're holding on to. Yeah. And um, it was just so cool. I mean, he and the catcher, Yadi, Yadi or Molina, like hugged at the plate um, whenever he first came up. And it was just, it was great. It's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, I love it. That leads into my pick of the week. Pick of the week. What's your pick of the week, Chris? My pick of the week, John. So I don't know if you'd known, I didn't until recently. Tops has started doing. Um, this thing called Tops Now. Apparently, I, I go what, on. Yeah, from what I, from, <laughs> I like cards, Chris. From what I can can see, this started last year. Yeah, where they take uh, things that are happening now, hence the Tops Now name. Interesting. And create limited edition cards for them. Interesting. So, so when, like we're talking about trading cards. Trading cards, not like you know greeting cards Correct. or other other forms of cards. Yeah. Yeah, then definitely not greeting cards. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, for example, uh, when Pujols hit his home run and he came out and did a curtain call. Nice. They made that into a card. What? And it's they're only available for 24 hours. Dude, that's so cool. And, and, and so, like, that card, and they ship it to you in this. I haven't gotten it yet, but like, awesome. I looked at an unboxing. They ship it to you in this, uh, like, uh, envelope. In, in individual envelope, but it's it's inside a little plastic container. Mm-hmm. It's like ten dollars for the card. So basically, so, it's like oh, this is like a uh, it'll it'll keep it nice. It's exactly. a collector thing. You're like, not just getting like the, you know yeah. some cardboard. It's gonna keep like, it mint. Exactly. You can and you can just keep it on your shelf, and it gives you a collector's item for that thing that is available then. And then you can look back and go into their archive and see actually how many people ordered this. Cool. How many of this card are there? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. That's awesome. Yeah, and like they even have some crazy stuff in there that I'm like I don't even like. So the the Albert Pujols card they had they were. Um, uh, selling signed versions of them that were like literal thousands yeah, of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that part, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the type to throw around that kind of money, John. Here, here's a weird question: <laughs> Were they actually signed by no, yes. Albert Pujols? Okay. Well, the, or was it like, because sometimes they have the signature cards where like they basically like, oh, you've signed like a digital version of your signature, right. and they print that onto some other cards as like a different 
as a variant of of whatever baseball card or or whatever card you yeah, have. Yeah, they had both. Cool. So like one like there was there were a couple different versions of the signature cards. One of them was the one where it's just printed on there yeah. and the other one was an actual like real signature. That's cool. And they they're even doing crazy things like there was uh, I think there was one the other day of a player who had like had set the record for stolen bases or something like that mm. in the first like month and so like they included a little piece of uh, a base in on the card. Oh, you know? that's amazing. I know. I, they're, they're cool. It, I love it's just it. really cool. I love it. Um I, the the I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, his name's Jeremy Mitchell. You should check out his podcast, the Jeremy Mitchell podcast. Um, he likes baseball. He runs a Mitchell Bat Company where they make they make custom like uh, kind of designer bats. Cool. Um, he he was talking about how like it is kind of a bummer if you're like a kid and you're trying to collect all of them. Mm. You know, like because it used to be you could just collect a whole series by yeah. just picking up packs at the store, right? Which is kind of a bummer. I get that. I also like kind of view this as like this is more of a collector's thing. I don't know that I would want to collect all of them. I don't need every tops now thing, but no. I want things like Albert Pujols' uh, home run or uh, Paul Goldschmidt from the Cardinals. He hit a walk off home run a couple uh, weeks ago. Yeah, his first walk off home run as a Cardinal. Yeah, and like they create a card for that, so I grabbed that one. That's cool. You know, like and the, the cool part is, dude, uh, if you. Don't mind waiting for it. They'll ship it to you for free. That's nice. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah, you just. I mean, yeah, well, it takes I mean, a couple in, weeks. In the immediacy, but... like, oh, you don't really need it no. necessarily. That's, so I would, I would just do the free shipping. That's interesting. I also like. I get the idea that oh well, yeah, you know, you can't collect these by just randomly. Like, you will never like accidentally like oh, I just bought this pack of of random cards and then stumble upon like a gold mine or whatever. Right. Like, oh my gosh, I have the most rare. Like, blah blah blah. You know, but um, but at the same time personally i would rather just buy it outright like where's oh i want totally. that thing i'm gonna buy that thing like uh you know i have the uh the rebels uh star wars rebels tops cards that are yeah. gigantic or whatever and i bought those specifically because like i wanted those cards and it had the same 10 cards in every pack so it's you know i didn't have to go out and try to randomly collect those somehow or whatever um because i'm less likely to do the random collection but just because it costs so much and takes so much time and effort um but if there's like a series that I can just buy outright. I will be more likely to do that, you know. Yeah. So and spend more obviously on them because you know what's in them. But you know, I, I'd be more likely to do that no, no matter what. So the tops now cards that exist are uh, MLB AFF. What is that? The uh, AFF. Oh, they're not not even available. So I it doesn't really even matter. Um, uh, AFF, uh, MLS, so Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. uh, Premier League. Um, the UCL, WWE, UFC, Showtime Boxing. So like, there's some cool stuff in there. It's Even cool. like, I'm looking at the, like the WWE things. This is stuff that happened like this week. That's awesome. Um, in the pay per view and uh, on Raw. So it's like, this is some cool stuff. I would have really enjoyed if they had been doing this back whenever like Stephen Amell like showed up or whatever. Like, yeah, I know. I would be like, I would totally get a card for that. Right. You know? Well, and and even like, I mean, like, I mean, I I just kind of like you keep a keep a cursory eye on on things where it's like when something cool happens i'm like I wonder if they make a card for that yeah, and yeah i kind of yeah. just like the idea that they might just randomly make a card for something cool that happened you that's know? really fun i like that a lot yeah chris my pick of the week this week is a uh documentary mm. based on the god of war game that came out last year i heard about this um so sony put together it's obviously like so it's it's made by Sony and like there's lots of interviews and like footage of them do, doing the development back and, and they tell the story of the the development of that game and how um, it changed from the beginning to the end and how the vision was brought to the you know 
to the game that we have now. Yeah. Um, everything from like they show some like weird bugs that were happening like really late in the process where mm-hmm. they were, you know, the struggles of like, oh, we were supposed to have zero bugs in this build by this point. We have like 3,000 or something, oh you know, goodness. and so um, <laughs> like there's there's a lot of things there where like oh even like they pushed back the date on that game, like whatever their internal date was, they just hadn't announced it. Um, but the internal date, the way they were assuming, they'd pushed it back really late in the process to to get it get it where it needed to be and stuff. So it's a really interesting uh, look at game development in a large uh, first party developer. Like it's it's something like I didn't expect anything like this. Um, I know like in a lot of interviews, uh, Corey Barlock, the game director has been really candid about that whole process. Um, but I guess like I, I kind of just thought that, oh, that's 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 just Corey or whatever. But with the fact that like Sony put this together and while you know that it's it's been approved, like they're looking at they're, they're not gonna show, you know, their own people in like a negative light or anything, but they yeah. do show like some pretty like some very kind of conflicting things early on and where they had like play testers that were like not maybe not as into it or like they and then they, they tweak the game a little bit and then oh now they are into it or like yeah, how did does the son work the father-son dynamic so they they show things in that process that i was just like i'm surprised i'm kind of able to see this i'm surprised sony's like going yeah okay let's put this interview with the head of the you know company out there and like It'll be fine because, like, I don't know where along the process they were like, let's have a documentary crew go and start filming this thing yeah. and interviewing them. Um, but it was just interesting. It's like a two-hour-long thing, and it's uh, it's really good look at that development. What's Everything from like the casting um, to the, even the music. Like they, they interviewed like uh, Bear McCreary about nice. the music that he did and about how oh you know he's um, he chose like a specific. Um, choir in a you know completely other country because it would sound the pronunciation would sound the most like the uh the ancient norse or whatever that like where it's based that's cool. and so you know he would go over there and they would record that choir for the pronunciation of the different stuff so yeah. like lots of really interesting looks at that development process even like the uh, the acting and things like that they had the uh they showed a lot of footage of the mocap suits where they're doing you know some of the scenes and things like that um it's called uh, raising kratos is okay. what it's called and it's on the playstation youtube channel watch it for free i would say don't watch it if you haven't played the game okay because there's definitely spoilers in there. okay um so yeah for sure, some so spoilers. I will not watch it, especially like now. later on, like in the early part of it. There's not spoilers, but later on, like in the in the back half of it, yeah. there's definitely spoilers. It's really interesting watching them, the run up to the announcement at E3, mm. and whenever people like whenever it was announced, like people freaked out. Um, and then the first gameplay as well that they showed, um, and they even like unknowingly like i was watching that that event and until this thing i didn't realize Corey, the uh, the game director was literally playing that game live backstage like he mm. was sitting like in a chair watching a tiny little television doing that gameplay demo live um and so like and he was like he's like am i am i gonna sit down and the, the you know fall through the world because like that had happened earlier in the year with uh <laughs> with um uncharted 4 um, at that PSX, they had uh, like started the game, and then they've just fallen through the the, the geometry. Um, and he's like, so he's like, he's like, I'm just sitting there going, yeah, hopefully this is not going to be super buggy or anything like that. Um, and uh, but it's a really really interesting look. If you enjoyed that game, watch that that thing. It's it was my favorite game last year. I did everything there was to do in it, and now I've done everything there is to do after that, which is just watch this documentary. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. E3, Chris, we've talked about 
all of the things, the top things that we liked. You, you and Fultron detailed the entirety of all the press conferences with an asterisk for the, uh, for the PC press conference. Then you and I talked about how our favorite things, like the, the biggest things that we, that we liked out of those, uh, those conferences, I think it was like our, just a lot of the things that we liked and then our top things, like what was the number one game that you enjoyed. And now, Chris, we're going to talk about the things that we might have been disappointed in. And uh, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to be responding to the IGN article about the most disappointing things in the E3. And so it's, do we agree? Do we disagree? Do we, was that one of my most disappointing moments? I dig it. Yeah. Uh, so the, uh, this article is written by the IGN staff. We're just going to go through it, and uh, I'm going to read it. E3 is over. Long live E3. <laughs> and although it was, was a great show overall, that doesn't mean it didn't have its fair share of disappointing moments. We went around the IGN office to round up the creme de la creme of the biggest E3 bummers. So we're <laughs> going like we're going to uh, just talk through um, these here. Yes, yeah, so they uh, say they went around the, the first office. first one was so a, lack, a lack of Rocksteady. Mm. I was already sad that we wouldn't be seeing Rocksteady's next game at E3 this year, and then Avengers happened. We still don't know what, what the Batman Arkham devs are up to officially, but if rumors and a certain amount of common sense are to be believed, it'll be a DC superhero game of some description. You'll only need... Look at this list to see that the Marvel effort on show didn't quite meet expectations. How nice would it have been to see something else to pin our superhero hopes on? As it is, the wait continues. Here's hoping that long-awaited reveal works in Rocksteady's favor, unlike Crystal Dynamics. Oh, Joe Scrabbles said that. Um, so uh, I, like Joe. I agree with that. I agree with that too. I was bummed that Rocksteady wasn't there. It's so surprising to me, like last year, whenever they're like, "Oh, we're not going to be at E3," and I'm be, please be excited for the next time we're at E3. Yeah. And then this year, I was like, "For sure, it's going to be this year because yeah. we haven't seen something from them in so long." I mean, at this point, I feel like it's going to be a next gen game, right? It's got to be. I mean, if we haven't announced it at this point, basically the next gen consoles are coming out a year from this holiday. Yeah. And so if we haven't announced the game even by now, yeah, because even uh, even Arkham Knight. We saw that like two years in a row at E3, yeah, um, at least uh, before it actually came out. So I don't know. Yeah, it's that's that is definitely a bummer. Uh, this section is by Daniel Irvin. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Avengers and Battletoads were underwhelming, but I don't want to say disappointing. I hope my instinct is wrong on this next one, but I felt a great disturbance in the force while watching that Fallen Order trailer. I'm sure it will be a solid enough game, but I was selfishly expecting something more new. I don't know. I just hope no Bothans died bringing us that information. I don't agree with that. I think Star Wars Fallen Order looks great. It was honestly like it was... I w- I don't know what I expected. Yeah. I didn't expect what we got, and okay. I was pleasantly surprised by what we got. So I could see how someone's like expectation was like, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't expect it to be that. But I think like this, uh, I have, I've read a few places, you know, talk about how they didn't like the footage. Oh, it doesn't seem like it seems like it's tunneled. It's not as open, or it's not as whatever. And I'm like, this is what I wanted though, like or or didn't know that I wanted out of a Star Wars game is like some cool combat. And a really uh, like a, a good story. So yeah, the story remains to be seen, but the combat looks really nice. Totally. I mean, the combat looks cool. Uh, from from everything that I read on the hands on demos, like the combat feels really fluid and feels like a respawn game, which mm-hmm. is what I want. You yeah. know, like and a lot of the mechanics looked like mechanics that they had introduced with Titanfall. I, like right. this is the thing. I just know that I loved the last two Titanfall games, mm-hmm. and I love Apex Legends. Yep. So like. And all, both, all three of those games feel amazing. And I know that one, they, those are all first-person shooters, and this is a third-person action adventure game. But still, 
like they've given me no reason right to not trust them with this right and so i don't know why we would just based off of like well it wasn't exciting enough or whatever right i thought that they did a good job showing off some of the mechanics without giving away too much of the story Mm -hmm. which is honestly what i want yeah i agree with that and and the music was also like pretty much on on point with for me like it's star wars music is amazing and but there's also a way to like heavy-handedly do it that it it wouldn't feel right and this definitely felt right to me like where it's like oh this feels feels like a Star Wars game. So, yeah, yeah I, I, that one's one I'm, I'm not on board with. That was, was actually one of my biggest surprises uh, of E3. Yeah. Uh, E3, or this is by John Borba, e, uh, Xbox's E3 conference. While not locking in cool Xbox One games, this show was an opportunity for Microsoft to really lay down the gauntlet and grab the next generation by the horns, not to mention make up the ground it lost in the last console generation. Half announcing your next console after the debacle of the Xbox One seems like a strange choice. I don't know about that. Like we talked about this a little bit after the fact where it's like what did you really expect Microsoft to do? Yeah. They're following the same release plan if you want to go with that word as they did with the Xbox One X where you show a trailer and talk about all the specs and how yeah. great it's going to be and then release it. I think it's it's a very Apple-esque kind of way to, to to announce a new piece of hardware. It's like, oh, we're working on this thing. You know, we're gonna have a release date for you or more information for you later. But they detail it in a way that's not a full reveal in this in this case, which is what they did with Scorpio, and that's what I expected. And I think it might come down yeah. to like ex- expectations, where it's like, oh man, this is an opportunity for them to just blow it out of the water. But then Microsoft, as we've talked about numerous times, and as like uh, interviews, some really cool interviews with uh, Phil Spencer and Kotaku um, this week have come out, they're playing a different game than literally any of the other consoles totally. that we've ever seen. And so this type of a, a kind of a... Uh, he calls it a half reveal here. And I would, I, yeah, sure. It's a half reveal because we don't see the box. You don't see the, you know, you saw some, uh, cut scene footage from things, something that's probably running on it with halo, yeah. but you don't see a lot, but it, with this half reveal, it's, it makes sense. Cause yeah. it's like, well, we're not gonna have this box for another year and a half. Are you going to undercut the sales of your Xbox one X or, or of your other games now potentially by doing a full reveal and be like, see you guys in a year and a half. Like I didn't, I don't know. This was the way it was going to happen, and this is the way it should have happened. It yeah. was fine. Yeah. Um, I will say, just as a conference, like there have been more exciting um, showings uh, as a conference as a whole from Microsoft in the past. I was kind of bummed, uh, and this may be actually in there, bummed with Microsoft conference that we didn't see the story gameplay of Gears of War 5, mm. which is coming out like later this year. We saw some multiplayer, uh, uh, like a cinematic of the multiplayer, but you had to go elsewhere to get any gameplay. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a bummer for me. I'm like, ah, I, I enjoyed the cinematic and the tone piece that they kind of had there. But with a game that's coming out this year that I'm basically going to be playing in a matter of like weeks, it, I wish I would have seen something else, like seen some sort of a gameplay uh, showing, but... For which one? For Gears of War. I mean, this year. Maybe. I, I feel like they've already shown a lot of gameplay for that, and they wanted to focus on something else for this. Yeah. Like, last year we saw a lot of the, like, what we believe is probably still the campaign. Yeah. Um, And, uh, right? Like... I think so. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me look. I believe so. And then... uh. 
and then this year, like they focused on the horde modes, and they basically laid out and like in the conference and said, "We're going to show you more at Gamescom, and we're going to show you more as we get closer to the." Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would love to know like more about, uh, but like honestly, as a Gears of War fan, they don't need to tease this this uh, story any more than they did with that like trailer with the Billie Eilish song in it. Yeah, you know, yeah like yeah. that was enough for me to get excited about it because all I really want to know is that they're going to tie up some of the loose ends that they dropped in the end of Gears of War 4. That's really all I need for the for the campaign. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. It was just, I kind of expected to see a little bit more gameplay or see something else, something yeah. new. It was weird. It was kind of slow, that section. But again, right. like, I don't think that makes the, the whole conference a, a failure. No, I agreed. Um, but again, like, I, I do think we've had better conferences in, in other years, which makes sense. I mean, possibly, maybe. I, like, again, I think that, like, in terms of what they showed, you know, they showed new hardware, they showed new games, mm-hmm. lots of exclusive games, they announced a new studio, um, they showed, and it was multiple pieces of hardware, it was a new console and a controller, yeah. and uh, these big temple franchises, we saw more from Halo, we saw more from Gears of War. Cyberpunk. Like, Cyberpunk, you had this crazy reveal with a third-party publisher. Honestly, I don't know at that point what, what more you need other than uh, releasing all the details about yeah. like your next console and how this is going to work and right. xCloud. And, and again, we talked about on the podcast yeah. last week or a couple of weeks ago where like that's just not the approach they're taking, no. and I don't think that they need to take that approach. Well, yeah, or want to, ever this, have. This isn't the year to do that either. Like, no. I mean, if you're going to blow the top off of like all of your next generation games, like that's next year. Yeah. You know, you're, you're not like, you shouldn't do a huge ridiculous announcement this year with this stuff. So it's like, this is kind of one of those years where you're like, okay, well let's lean more into like the cyberpunk aspect of it. Like let's, let's lean more into some of these other, other games that we have coming out this year. Maybe, maybe next week, like uh, maybe instead of a pick of the week or news, we can kind of dive into that article by Phil Spencer with uh, Fultron. He's going to review with us. I haven't told you that yet, but (laughs) uh, he's going to be here. Um, And uh, because, like one of the things that Phil talks about is like one of the things that I love about having as many studios as we do is that we can choose what not to show. Yeah. And basically show you things that are ready now. He's like, yeah. what I liked was that everything we showed was ready this year. Yeah. Or in the next, within the next year was, was the way he worded it. Not things that are like two or three years down the road. And so, um, I agree with that. We're like, I think that's what got Sony kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like they've yeah. been showing us the same stuff for like two or three years now. Yeah, Death Stranding. You know, like we've been seeing that for four years. I think three yeah. or four years. Because with PSX, like, because it was a, I think originally kind of a PSX thing too. Yeah. So like, I mean, you just you just run into this this um, level of fatigue with the audience mm-hmm. that you almost hurt yourself the more you show it. And I think like Microsoft learned that lesson earlier in this generation with like scale bound, like getting, yeah. you know, Oh, we announced that way too early and way then it gets canceled, early. you know? And yep. then, then you, you know, there was another game around that that also got canceled a fable, uh, whatever it was that oh, one man, was early access. That. And then it yeah, got I mean, canceled. I played so, the beta for that. So you just, there were lots of things and mistakes that were made earlier on in this generation that Microsoft has now learned from clearly. Yeah. And that's a, uh, that's a good thing. It's just, again, this year, while it may not have like excited me on such a way as like other years have, it's because it didn't need to. Right. And it, if it had, it basically I'm looking at the same thing next year too. So like next year was like going to be the year to like completely go all out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is also by John Borba. Okay. He said no splinter cell. 
Look, let's be honest. We know you are at least working on this Ubisoft. People have been begging for a new Splinter Cell for years, and you've mm-hmm. got it sitting in your back pocket. Maybe you can the project, or maybe you weren't ready to show, but that doesn't take away the Sam Fisher-sized hole in my life. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I feel like, I mean, yeah, I feel like we could go down the list, though. Yeah. And just be like, hey, I wish there had been... Advanced Wars. Like, yes. We haven't seen F-Zero in a long time from Nintendo. Like, those are two Nintendo properties where I was like, are you guys just sitting on this? Like, what's going on but here? Are we, but are we going to judge a a, a a conference based on things that they... Yeah, did, but it doesn't say the whole no conference. Was, I mean, it was disappointed. So, like, I get it. I yeah. get it. You can, yeah, be, yeah. Dis- you can be disappointed, I was disappointed that the game... disappointed whenever Red Dead Redemption 2 wasn't announced That's every right. single time. Yeah. That's right. No PlayStation presence. It's by Lucy O'Brien. Obviously, that's we, my biggest one. Yeah, we've known Sony was going to be skipping E3 for a long time, but I still feel that its absence made for a lesser show. E3 may not be the draw card for publishers that it once was, but it's still mostly a mostly thrilling piece of marketing theater. And the lack of the traditional Microsoft versus Sony fistfight hurt it. While its decision was understandable, if you ain't got nothing dr- drastically new to show, why turn up? I really hope Sony returns next year in full force. And this is the thing, man. Like. Sony's show was always way much, way more than just their exclusives. Mm-hmm. And with the fact that, in the, that Death Stranding is coming out later this year, yeah. even if they had an abbreviated show, mm-hmm. I feel like it would have been worth it for them to show mm-hmm. Death Stranding, mm-hmm. show a lot of these uh, games that your third-party partners are working on, um, talk like, granted, we got that random uh, article about the new console, but like talk about the new console, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if this is the right way to interpret it, but I almost feel like Sony just doesn't care enough to communicate with us. Yeah. I mean, I definitely get the deeper that we've gotten into this um, generation. I get less uh, and less of the, the, the character and the like, uh, personality that almost like that, that won everybody over at the beginning of this generation. Yeah. Like, I mean, early on in the generation, I remember on this podcast having conversation with you, I genuinely was like thinking about switching to yeah. PlayStation. Yeah. Um, because, because of like the way that they were dealing with like, Oh, you know, we're sharing games and even like just the personality mm-hmm. with which they like, you know, kind of snarkily like poked fun at Xbox or like, here's how you share games. You just hand them a game. Oh gosh. Yeah. And it's like, that was hilarious. we are so far removed from that being the personality and, and, and message that I'm getting from Sony that it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting this whole uh, more of a standard. Like this is a, this is a company. This is like, we don't, we don't have like personality. We're just like dealing with you as customers and we, that's it. You know, we'll, well, we'll talk to you. Already, we'll talk to you whenever we're ready. You've already bought our console. You're locked into our ecosystem. We yeah. don't need you anymore. Right. And and I definitely get more and more of that, like, removed, that colder Sony. And it's like, I don't like that as much. No. Um, and, you know, I mentioned off mic la- uh, whenever we were talking about E3. I was like, you know, Nintendo showed up at E3. All the way through the Wii U generations, like yeah. for years, they had nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing to show. And they still like showed up. Sure, they did like the Nintendo, that's whenever they transferred to the Nintendo Direct thing. But they're still showing stuff. But they're still showing stuff like on yeah. the floor. They're still like doing meetings. They're st- they still have a presence. They're announcing things. They're programming around E3. Um, 
and as much as Sony says they're not, they weren't programming around E3, they still dropped a Death Stranding uh, trailer the week before E3. Yeah. And they still did like a couple other things like during that same time frame. And so I don't know. It's it's just a, it's an interesting move. And I, I agree with this one. I, I was really bummed. I definitely was a, a lesser kind of a show. I also think like from a Microsoft perspective, the fact that like, okay, this may have been like a, a less exciting year for me personally on their, on their front. It's like, they didn't need to be no, more exciting. There's no one else there's in the li- ring. They're literally the most exciting thing happening, yeah. you know, aside from like, you know, Nintendo or like these, you know, a couple I mean, of these I, other things. I, to me, like one of the most exciting things that happened was Keanu Reeves coming yeah. on their stage. Yeah, dude. Like whatever, like that's the, that's the moment my mouth dropped open. Like yeah. it's the one moment of E3 where I was like, oh man. And then obviously like the, the, another time in the Nintendo thing with, the breath of the wild too but yeah yeah totally those are the two big moments of yeah. e3 and one of them happened at microsoft one of them happened at nintendo and none of it happened at sony but neither one of them needed to be no super like we didn't need to like completely go more than that because what yeah there's there's no sony there's no other competition yeah. so well yeah. and, and the thing is and I, and I still think about like out of all the press conferences you had um EA that didn't really have a press conference that wasn't right. really showing anything new. Although I did, again, I like the updates to some of these games. Yeah. But like, they're all like either iterations on franchises mm-hmm. like Madden and FIFA, mm-hmm. or they were updates to current games. Yeah. Same thing that uh, Bethesda basically showed because you have Young Bloods, Wolfenstein Young Bloods, which is yep. a standalone expansion to Wolfenstein 2. Yeah. And you had all the additions to. Uh, Fallout seventy six, right, and Elder Scrolls, and like they had a couple of like those uh, of cinematic trailers, like where they uh, with the uh, Tokyo, uh, the totally the Ghost Tokyo, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. What <laughs> I can't was remember it? what the name of that Ghost. Ghost uh, I'll find is out. It like Ghost Line Tokyo or something. Like that? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. So and they did. They yeah. They they had a couple new things. Um, EA had basically no new things. Um, no, no, they really did. Ubisoft had maybe one new thing. I can't even remember at this point. But a lot of it was like Splinter Cell. Well, there were some Splinter Cell stuff in there, like or some uh, Ghost Recon, um, like that zombies thing that was new. Yeah, the Tom Clancy, like the the co op Tom Clancy game that they had. I mean, but again, none of those are like blow me away. Yeah, you know, huge huge things. Um, whereas at least. Both Nintendo and Microsoft, I felt like, yeah. had enough new things that they were talking about that right. it, it made it feel special. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess uh, with uh, Ubisoft, I was just laughing because I was thinking, like, if Watch Dogs hadn't leaked beforehand, <laughs> like a, like their totally, games yeah. do every year, yeah. it, that would have been new and fresh. But, like, totally. we already knew about that a week ago. And that in was advance. great. I will say, like, that was great. <laughs> it was really like, good. But, like, you know, a lot of a lot of both Bethesda's, Ubisoft's, and um, definitely Square Enix's press conferences felt like this could have been an email. It's yeah. like it's the meeting you go to where you're like, wow, why this could have like been solved in an email. We, we all showed up for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you all walk away. You're like, I just wasted an hour of my life in that meeting. <laughs> I like, you kind of feel like that because of some of the stuff that these companies were showing. You're like, this literally could have been a press release email yeah. and I would have been the better for it. Right. Right, and it's like it, Sony not being there definitely like contributes more to that like aspect of things where you aren't gonna get um, updates to like their first, but like even if the game that's coming out later this year, Death Stranding, like I I would have appreciated the trailer that they dropped uh, the week before if they had put that into like some sort of a press conference or presentation, or even if they did one of their uh, their you know direct esque. 
um, digital thing that they've been doing, if they put that into one of those that dropped during E3, like I would have been, yeah. I would have been way more happy, you know, with with that aspect of things. For if Sony just showed up a little bit, yeah. We have a couple more. This is by John Ryan. No red faction. I know this one was a long shot to begin with. In case you've missed it, a few weeks before E3, there was what appeared to be a leak from. Nim- Nvidia that hint, hint, Nvidia that hinted a new Red Faction game called Red Faction Evolution. Since E3 has such a history of pre-show leaks, I was really hoping we'd see a new Red Faction announced during one of the press conferences. It's been too long since I've had the ability to take a sledgehammer to every building I can see in a game. And while I'm sure something will fill that void in my soul eventually, it was a bummer not to have those dreams realized. I, I have no dog in this fight. Me either. I don't not a disappointment excited I, I wasn't excited for it in the first place yeah <laughs> um this last one does not seem to have a person connected to it so i'm just going to read it that marvel's avengers reveal the marvel's avengers reveal at the square enix conference was one of the most bizarre i've seen in my life in the absence of gameplay discussions about post-launch support ps4 exclusive content and a bizarre plain clothes ant-man teaser seemed entirely out of place Plus, the bold visual departure from the Avengers depicted in the cinematic universe was a hard pill to swallow on its own. I still have high hopes for Marvel's Avengers, but I wish I came away from the reveal with a basic understanding of what the game entailed from a gameplay standpoint, especially <laughs> since it's releasing in less than a year. I agree with all that. Echo this, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do want to like, and I don't know, a couple things that I've kind of anecdotally kind of just like pieced together. Yeah. First of all, I remember whenever we were talking about the Square Enix conference, I was taken aback <laughs> by the just level of what well, seemed like just level of fandom in the room. People hooping and hollering and like just making all sorts of ruckus. And then I was listening to, uh, I think it was Kind of Funny Games Cast, and they were talking about how they never received, they were at, this was before the press conference, I was listening to something, and they, they never received any kind of um, invitations to a Square Enix conference. I'm like, did they just like stack this full of just like, are these just their own developers in this room? <laughs> these are paid actors. Yeah, like... <laughs> Because and, and this is the first time in a lo- in a while that they hadn't done like a direct kind of a Nintendo direct kind of style yeah. just video. Yeah, I feel like yeah. That, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be like just either people pulling people off the off the show floor like fans from the street or something or they're, they're like that. Or their own developers, or it's literally just like, hey, let's all get into a theater and show you know. This yeah, thing. I, 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 I feel like they just stacked this this you know this well, up against like, well, we want this is the, this is the reaction we want, so we're gonna have all these people do this. It's also really funny because like very at these press conferences, very rarely um, do you get those like ridiculous applause moments, like where it's like ah, you know, like the room is uncontrollable the, because the Keanu Reeves it's moment. because they're yeah, like the Keanu Reeves because they're all like journalists or they're all like you know they're not necessarily like they're there doing a job yeah as well as like you you're not specifically like miking them for that like you're not miking the crowd like a a lot of times like i'm like well why don't you turn up the crowd microphone in between the things a little bit more or like why don't we like set up these you know these microphones a little bit better they this is they mic'd that crowd exactly and so like this is the one press conference that like gets the crowd like we're like oh this we care about this we care about the crowd you know so i don't know like interesting here's but here's the thing at the end of the day it was a very underwhelming it was like okay here's Here's this trailer, yeah. this yeah. weird weird trailer, and and kind of a story. And then we're gonna come out, gonna come out and talk about it. Yeah. And then we're gonna then we're gonna show you 
all the voice actors for some reason talking about this game behind the scenes about how cool it is to voice these characters. And then we're going to show you a, another trailer where, yeah, it teases other characters. And we're going to talk about the fact that this is an online shooter looter thing and not really specifically define what the, any of that means. Yeah. And then in later interviews, say that the campaign is single player, but then there are strikes and, and, co-op, and co-op raids that you can do. Like, what is this game? I don't know, man. And I, <laughs> it, uh, there, there were some rumors where it was like, you know, Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man, PS4, you know, might, may end up in this game. I'm like, I don't want him to. I don't want <laughs> yeah. this to be the same universe. I want this to be completely separate because I want to be able to throw this one in the trash and forget about it. <laughs> I wish that it, like, I wish it was good enough to be like, yeah, I want it to be in the same universe. But it's like, I, know, I don't know. It's just, I, I'm so baffled by what this game even is. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, like this is the this honestly well and I, okay so also the trailer that they showed where where they like said oh no this is gameplay or this is like you know in the in the engine footage you know pre alpha whatever and then the, they said afterwards like there's gameplay in that trailer and from the behind the closed doors demos some people have pieced together what parts of that trailer are gameplay and i think there's like 20 seconds of gameplay no, good grief. And like where it's like literally that throughout this entire trailer there's only like 20 seconds that showed up in the behind closed doors demo that these other people saw well the it's just like, a weird it's a, like why would you show your this is a terrible way to debut your game i think it was an interview with ryan mccaffrey whenever um head of insomniac was talking about the process that they went through whenever they um, we're developing Spider-Man PS4 and uh, Marvel basically came to them and said we want you to make a game what hero would you like to make the game for and they the studio picked Spider-Man fascinating I, I, I would wager <laughs> that the reverse was true with this it almost feels like someone said we need someone to make an Avengers game yeah Go do that. Yeah. Because this feels like a game... A game searching for the correct gameplay mm-hmm. rather than like, we think this will be fun gameplay. Yeah. Which hero does this fit? Yeah. I don't know if this is making sense. No, it does. So, uh, the reverse of that. So not that I'm necessarily like interested in picking up the game or anything, but astral chain, which is a, uh, switch exclusive by platinum games. They've been very transparent where they're like, the reason that we made this game was we had like this gameplay mechanic where we, mm. we were slashing around and we were attached to this other character. And we're like, this is really fun. What kind of a game can we make with this mechanic yeah. in it? Yeah. And so then they designed this entire like story and this like super convoluted like gameplay and story around this really fun action game mechanic. Where it feels like this is the opposite. Yeah. Where it feels like we have this idea, what type of gameplay Play can would, we potentially shoehorn yes. into these characters? What kind of gameplay goes with the Avengers? Yeah, so it's like it's almost like backwards from the from the way like, oh, let's find the fun and then build a game based on that. It's like the opposite, where it's like you, you have the idea for the game and then it's like, well, let's find the fun. Right, and I'd, I'd rather have a... a uh... Um, what is the game coming out later this year on Switch? The Avengers game or Marvel game? Uh, Ultimate Alliance. Ultimate Alliance. Three. Ultimate Alliance. They took great gameplay yeah. and honestly just shoved the Marvel <laughs> yeah. characters into it. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like Gauntlet and Diablo. You yes. know? It's like, this is great, that great was, gameplay. That was, that was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, and those games are great. Yeah. <laughs> but again, they started with gameplay. Like, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Know, and we don't even know. No, we don't know. We don't, we don't know that they didn't. 
but it doesn't feel like they did. It doesn't feel like otherwise it. they would talk about it. Well, and it also feels like each character has different gameplay. So how could this possibly? How could you have started with right? Th- you know, and I like Crystal, hmm. and, I, yeah. and I love what they did with uh, Tomb Raider. But Dude, the, the Tomb Raider they, games are so good. But they started with what? What two puzzle? Like what mechanics were in the previous? game well there were puzzle mechanics mm-hmm. and there were was a level of action adventure kind of platforming yeah. kind of stuff and they're like let's find the best possible version of that yes and then they did and they built a game around it yep and so yeah so it worked really well so and honestly like as odd as the story sometimes got and some of the tomb raider stuff is like well obviously like it was all more about the gameplay because like there's some yeah. weird moments especially in tomb raider one like the first one where it's like it gets gets weird and I'm like, it doesn't matter because this is super fun. Right. So, yeah. Interesting. Anyway, that's the end of the article. I feel like we've had a pretty good discussion about it. Agreed. I feel like it echoes like pretty much everything that, you know, those, those disappointments that I had, except for the few where I'm just like, nah, you're wrong about that one. I, yeah. was, I was into that. Yeah. Uh, next week, like we said, we are reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home. Also... I'm going to try to go see over the weekend uh, the re-release of Avengers. Oh, nice. So that's coming out on the 28th. If you want to go see Avengers again, they're going to have uh, some extra bonus footage at the end. You can um, tell me about it, Chris. Please go see it so that we can beat Avatar. <laughs> I have taken this on as a personal mission. <laughs> I'm going to donate at least a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm at least going to do my part. And go, go see, see it this once. Thing. Yeah, go see, yeah, go see it once. Uh, um, and uh, but we'll be reviewing Spider-Man: Far From Home. I love it. Yeah, uh, next week. Super fun, man. Yeah, it's also Fourth uh, of July. That's right. So that's fun. So happy Fourth of July. Happy Fourth of July. I uh, hope the weather's great where you are. You can do lots of grilling out. Um, Unless you don't like grilling out, you know, then then well, we hope you, you're not forced to grill well, that's, out. And that's the whole point of the Fourth of July, John. You right. have the freedom to do what you want. Do do what you want. Do what you want. Yeah. If if no Fourth of July, hashtag do what you want. If no other day <laughs> other than the Fourth of July, you do what you want. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> to do what you want. To do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us online at stayintarget.com if you want. <laughs> if you want. <laughs> or on social at Chris Wright two five zero and John Wright seven 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 and at Stay on Target Pod. Only if you want. Only if you want. <laughs> Please, if you want, go to your podcast <laughs> service of choice, review us, and tell your friends about it. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We do. Very much so. When you do what you want. <laughs> when you do what you want. That's it for this week. <laughs> if you want, we'll see you next time <laughs> on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.